Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 14 and 15 today because that's the unit of the text that we want to look at and we don't want to add anything else to it. It's going to be about forgiveness. Hope you have your Bible with you. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Now, in order for us to begin uh, thinking about forgiveness, I want to set up maybe a few scenarios uh, that we can think about and wonder if you've ever been in a situation like this. But let's say that you are at odds with somebody. You're upset with somebody, you're mad at them, or they hurt you, or whatever the case might be. Somebody, uh, a friend even, or an acquaintance, or somebody at a workplace has hurt you in some way. Now, if we, if we went by our natural instincts, and by natural I mean what we were before we knew Jesus Christ as our Savior, our, so the old nature, the old man, the old woman in us, uh, so to speak, what we would say is that if somebody hurt me, I need to hurt them back. And if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Now, we call that vengeance. And the only reason to hang on to anger is for vengeance in your heart. And that's going to mess you up. It's going to make you inside have uh, conflict and rage and anger, and uh, it's, it's going to do bad things to your heart. So someone has hurt you, and you're at odds with them. What do you do about it? Uh, how are you going to handle that? Well, what are some of the options that people have used and are using? And so I thought about some ways that people have taken care of things in terms of their anger against somebody, how they have taken care of those things in the past, and also some uh, right now, how they've taken care of things. Well, here's some I th things that happened, okay? You could challenge that person, him or her. You could challenge them to a duel at 30 paces. Now, uh, that's going to look different than the way they used to do duels because uh, I've seen some of our guys on the security team, they can draw a weapon pretty fast, so you want to be careful about picking on them. But you could challenge them to a duel and see how it goes. Or you could arm wrestle them and say, we're going to have an arm wrestling match and the honor belongs to the person that wins. Or you could yell at the one who wronged you and you could try to reduce them to ashes with your words. You could yell at them until they wish they had never done anything wrong against you or until they beg for forgiveness. Or you could just ignore each other. Uh, you're mad at each other. You don't want to take care of it. So I'm just going to ignore that other person. Or, uh, to get a little bit more uh, serious, you could take somebody to court, and you could sue that person. And by the way, the Bible says specifically, we're not to take uh, fellow believers to court and sue them. Or you could spend a lot of energy just bad-mouthing that person, him or her, around town and around their friends and talking about how bad they really are. Or you could actually uh, go as far as to kick their dog. You could, in the old days, trample his nasturtium bed. And uh, there's also today the knifing of that person's tires. Or you could, it's harder today, it wasn't so hard back when I was younger, uh, you could put Limburger cheese on their heater core in their car. And uh, that's always a winner. Or you could just get in a fist fight. I have actually seen ladies in a fight where they begin pulling each other's hair and that gets pretty wild. Uh, or uh, another thing you could do, because Jesus forgave you for your sins, you could just forgive the person who wronged you, okay? That's, that way you, that's what you could do. That's an option. And by the way, uh, it's uh, the greatest of the options. Guess which one of these options that I've listed is the one that God wants you to do? Well, uh, if you guessed a pistol duel, 
slandering, fisticuffs, lawsuit, dog-kicking, tire-slashing, hair-pulling, or revenge, you're wrong. Uh, that's not what God would, would choose for you to do or me to do. Forgiveness is the correct biblical answer. Forgiveness is the answer that we as believers always have and the one we choose. But not just any forgiveness will do. And I need you to hear that. There are ways that people forgive that is really not forgiveness. It doesn't change their heart. It doesn't free them uh, from, from wanting vengeance on another person. It has to do with some key elements in it uh, to actually, uh, for it to be forgiveness. And so we want to ask the question this morning, what is forgiveness? Jesus is going to tell us what we need to do, but we want to ask that question, what is forgiveness? So if you look in your Bible, Matthew chapter 6, just verses 14 and 15, uh, last time he taught us how to pray, and then he says something that we need to understand because it has to do with our relationship with God and it has to do with prayer. Verse 14 says this, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Now that brings up an issue. We're talking about, well, I think all of us would say, when I'm relating to God, when I, in my relationship with God, have something wrong, I want God to forgive me. In fact, I ask him all the time, would you forgive me? Because I'm always doing something I shouldn't do. So God, would you forgive me? I would really like for God to forgive me. What if he didn't? What if he said, no, I'm not going to forgive you. Then what would you do? Uh, how would you get along then? So this is an important subject, and we want God to forgive us. And he's telling us, here's a reason that if you forgive others their transgressions, your father will also forgive you. So that sets us up to understand that if I want forgiveness from God, and yes, I do, I want forgiveness from God, I have to forgive other people. If I don't want God to forgive me, then I can thumb my nose at that person and say, no, I'm not going to forgive you, and I'll never forgive you. And people have said that too. So I want to look at this in detail and see what it is we're supposed to do. There's not a person in this room that hasn't run into an issue, maybe even in the last day, but maybe the last week, where you had to forgive somebody for something. Because we're sinners, we're always causing trouble for each other. And if you want to have a relationship with other people, there has to be forgiveness because we all mess up and we all have the sin nature still uh, available to us and powerful in our life at times. In verse 14, if you're following along in your bulletin there, uh, verse 14, section number one, God will forgive our sins if we forgive those who have sinned against us. So there's a caveat to forgiveness. God says, I will forgive your sins if you are forgiving other people. So it's dangerous if I withhold forgiveness from somebody because that means I'm not going to get forgiveness from God. And obviously we want forgiveness from God. So there's some issues here we need to deal with. I think that there are two possibilities about how we can understand this and both of them bear truth, all right? So I'm going to talk about two different things in the area of forgiveness, and I want you to know that there's truth in both of them. Number one here, the issue stems from the fact that it said if in the text, all right? It relates to uh, uh, one of the verses above, verse 12, where Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And in verse 12 it says, 
in the prayer, the person, the Christian, is asking for forgiveness from God. And forgive us our debts. That can be transgressions. It can be sins. Anything that we have done wrong. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. See, when somebody hurts you, when somebody's against you, you get the idea that they owe you something. And what they owe you, first of all, is an apology and maybe reparation. They need to make right what they did. And this says, God, would you forgive my debts, what I owe you, by maybe not doing what's right, by maybe not following you the way that I should? Would, would you forgive me? And then you didn't forgive anybody else. That's a problem. If you did forgive them, and you forgave them the right way, well, then God will forgive you. So I want you to see it's tied into verse 12. Because that word for at the beginning of verse 14 tells us that there's a reason or a purpose coming from something that he just said. And it has to be verse 12 because that's about forgiveness. The issue is that it says the Father won't forgive us if we don't forgive others. <clears throat> With what we know about forgiveness from the Father... It makes us ask, how can that be? Okay, now, I want to set that up so we're all on the same page. Uh, I don't know your heart for sure, but I'd, I'd be pretty happy going around the room and saying, I believe that person, whoever you are, is a Christian. All right? And so what I, what I would say is, okay, us as Christians, God talking to us, and he tells us, look, Greg, if you forgive other people, I will forgive you. Now, wait a minute, God, I'm going to say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believed in you, and you paid for my sins, past, present, and future. Okay, you with me? So how can you possibly say that if I sin in the way of not forgiving another person, that you won't forgive me? How can that be? I thought you forgave everything. I didn't think there was anything I could do that you wouldn't forgive me for because I'm a believer. And so this causes some tension inside of us. How, how can that be that God wouldn't forgive me when I'm a believer? So we're asking that to, to God. That's the issue. We are taught that there is no sin that God won't forgive. Um, there are consequences that are, that are going to come up. And I've kind of changed my understanding over the years of what's really taking place in 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. 1 John chapter 5, 16 and 17. Uh, we usually call this uh, the sin unto death, which is what it's really about. <clears throat> but it says there uh, in verse 16, 1 John 5, If anyone sees his brother, so he's talking Christian to Christian, right? Or sister, Christian to Christian. If anyone witnesses or sees his brother committing a sin not punished to death, he shall ask God, and God will, for, will give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin that leads to death. And that idea in that last phrase is there is sin that leads to swift death. You with me? There's a kind of sin that leads to God bringing judgment swiftly in a person's life. And then there's a sin, there are sins that does not bring his swift judgment of death. He says, I do not say that he should make requests for this. That is the swift death one. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is sin not leading to death. So the issue that John's bringing out is there are certain things that a Christian will do that God will take your life quickly. That's your punishment. There's other sins where God doesn't take your life quickly. Uh, you, you get to go on. You get to live that way. Friends, this is a serious thing. Do you, do you get this? 
Um, I believe I worked with a young man years and years ago, because I'm old. I worked with a young man in high school, one of my kids, my youth group. He hated his parents. He disregarded his parents. He didn't listen to his parents. He defied his parents. He openly hated them. And I tried to talk to him about this, tried to help him with that. We need to forgive mom and dad for whatever you perceived is wrong with him. And he wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't do it. And the next thing I know, he was killed on I-70 in a traffic accident. And uh, his brother and I talked about that. I talked with his parents, and all of us believe that this was a sin unto death. God said, that's it. That's enough. And he took his life. We are always in a situation where we could let any sin in our life lead to such a place that God says, that's it, that's enough, I'm going to bring you home. And so we want to understand here that that doesn't mean God didn't forgive that person or that young man, because I believe he did belong to Jesus Christ. It's all forgiven. He got to go to heaven, but he got to go a lot sooner than what he should have. And so it's a serious thing. Forgiveness is a serious thing. I think that's what's happening in 1 John 5, 16 to 17. Not that there's just one sin that leads to death. It could be others. So, if I don't forgive my brother who has sinned against me, how is it that God won't forgive me because I thought I was already forgiven? That's the question I'm asking. Would that mean that I lost my salvation? Some people say yes. If you don't forgive somebody and God gets to a place where he won't forgive you, then you must have lost your salvation. Well, the Bible also teaches that's not possible. So I want to put this together. How do I figure this out? I am convinced the Bible touches on this issue of uh, God will not take away your salvation. A couple of places for us to go to uh, would be Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Romans 8 and verse 1, where it says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If I'm in Christ, I have no condemnation, so I need to understand that. I go to verse 31 in the same chapter, and he says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The answer is no one. He who did not spare his son but delivered him over for us all, will he not also freely give us all things? Yes, he will. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies, not people. Who is the one who condemns? It's not Jesus. Christ Jesus is he who died. Rather, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for you? Who will separate you from the love of Christ? Will it be tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? The answer is no, because it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. All these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities or things present or things to come nor powers or height or depth or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. One more place, John chapter 10 and verses 26 to 30. Jesus said to a group of people, he said, why don't you just come out and tell us if you're the Messiah? And he said, I did told you, but you don't believe me because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. 
The Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. When you trust Christ as your Savior and he puts you in the Father's hand, it says no one can take you out of that. I cannot believe that you can lose your salvation because that would mean you could take me out of the Father's hand once I'm there. And the Bible says that won't happen. God dealt with that in a young woman's life by telling her through the scripture and gave her the thought in her mind, it's finished. You don't have to add anything to salvation. You don't have to try to keep it. It's finished. God did the work. So, this verse in our text in Matthew is speaking about something beside the, besides the false notion that we could do something as believers to lose our salvation. That's my whole point. So how is it God couldn't forgive us? One explanation is that this is about fellowship in Matthew with God and salvation. Now, there's truth in this. If I am to forgive those who have offended me and I don't forgive them, then I'm in sin before God. We can agree on that. So I can't seek his forgiveness when I'm standing with, with, for unforgiveness with someone else. Can you imagine that? You go to the Father and you say, Father, would you forgive me of this sin that I had? And the Father is looking at you and saying, you know, you came here, there's four or five people you haven't forgiven. Why are you asking me to forgive you? And you won't forgive them. What's going on with you? Uh, I forgave you. You should be able to forgive everybody else of everything that they ever did to you because I forgave you. If I'm to forgive those who have offended me and I don't forgive them, then that's sin. I'm reminded of uh, back in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and remember you have that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go first to be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. See, if my fellowship with God is all out of whack and it's because I haven't forgiven somebody or I have something against a brother or the brother has something against me and I haven't tried to fix it, then I don't show up to offer my sacrifice to God because I'm a hypocrite. And God says, before you say you're in fellowship with me and worship with me, I'm looking at the communion table, that's where we do that. Before you say that, go get this right with your brother. As much as it depends on you, get it taken care of. Now, some people won't forgive, and you can't make them forgive. But you need to put out that effort. The point is that we cannot walk in fellowship with God if we are refusing to forgive others. Uh, Dr. David Turner put it this way, and I'm quoting, Disciples may not presume to ask God to forgive them if they have not forgiven others. Reconciliation with God will not happen apart from reconciliation with a neighbor. One has no right to pray for divine reconciliation if one has not practiced human reconciliation. It is not that disciples merit God's forgiveness by forgiving others, but that they demonstrate that God has forgiven them. And that's, that's the big issue. Fellowship comes through forgiveness. Did you hear that? Fellowship comes through forgiveness. A second explanation is that Jesus is saying, if you're truly my disciple, let me rephrase that. If you really belong to me, if you're really a Christian, if you really are, have, have let's say, the disease of Christianity, then there is nothing that you could not forgive. A second explanation is that Jesus is saying, if you're my disciple, 
you can't say you won't forgive. That is not how a child of Jesus lives. He would never tell someone, I will never forgive you. Have you ever had those words because you're so mad at some other believer? Have you ever had those words come out of your mouth? I'm so angry with you, I am never going to forgive you. I will never forgive you. I don't think a true Christian can say that. That's not how a child of God acts. If Jesus has forgiven me of everything I've done, and he didn't separate out and say, okay, I'll forgive that, but this and that. No, Greg, you got that. Uh -uh, No way. He forgave it all. I can't look at another person's life who's hurt me and say, I will never forgive you. Not if I belong to Jesus, I can't. I like to make a statement that no relationship will survive without the grace of giving forgiveness to somebody. I then can fellowship with the Father by forgiving those who have hurt me. I cannot, in, I cannot be in fellowship with the Father if I don't forgive others the way he forgave me. All I have to do is forgive others, and when I ask the Father, he will forgive me. And that's the answer to the problem anyway. What would keep me from doing that? Well, pride. What else would keep me from forgiving? Wanting revenge. And so those things can't be a part of our life. In verse 15, but if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So we learned there that if I refuse to forgive other people's transgressions, the Father won't forgive mine. I don't think that can happen if you're a believer, because you will forgive, because he forgave you. So if somebody says to someone else, I'll never forgive you, I will never be able to forgive you, I refuse to forgive you, I really don't know if they're a Christian. I would doubt it. How could I walk into the presence of God and ask forgiveness for my trespasses against him while at the same time refusing to forgive other people? That's the issue. You know, uh, we are forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future with God. However, we are still to confess our sins so that we can have honesty and intimacy and integrity with our walk with God. Being forgiven doesn't mean that I don't have to be concerned with my sin anymore and that I can hurt others without repercussions or consequences to my relationships. No. If I sin, even though I'm a Christian, it's going to cause trouble. If I refuse to forgive, it's going to cause trouble. I have seen people to refuse to forgive a spouse for something like adultery. The marriage is over then if there's no forgiveness. There's no hope if there isn't forgiveness. I have seen a spouse forgive adultery, save the marriage right in front of our eyes. And what a wonderful thing forgiveness is. It is powerful beyond sin. It is a godly thing to do for those who need to forgive another. It is also a healthy thing for you to do. You know, right, that the person you hurt the most when you don't forgive is you. You know that? It causes all kinds of damage. And I've seen people carry that for years because they refuse to forgive somebody. And the only one they're hurting is them. Luke 7, 47 